And the time to start, if you're not living your dream, is right now. Start setting goals and setting out where you set in the course of your life and setting it all up so that you get somewhere in the future. When all that comes together, something happens called fulfillment. If you are not experiencing awesomeness in every aspect of your life, it's just from internal block or barrier disconnect that you've chosen to take on. Life is as easy or as hard as we want to make it. And I got my hands and my eyeballs and my heart around any information I could around holistic healing. And that led me down a never-ending rabbit hole of which I'm still spelunking into the depths of. I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And uh, that's when I believe when when we really follow our deepest truth, when we really follow our soul, when we really follow our truth, calling the universe rises to support us moment to moment to moment. Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Greetings everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Holistic Human Optimization Show. I am your host as always, Ronnie Landis. And, uh, well, today we have quite the gift, quite the episode for all of you. This is something I have been looking forward to for a number of months. And um, so I just want to set a quick context for our special edition today. We have two gentlemen, two gentlemen that I consider to be um, mentors, role models, and um, also big brothers in a way as we have continued to connect um, together through through our work or through my connection with them, um, particularly through this podcast, because I've interviewed both of these individuals. Um, Mr. Nick Good, I've interviewed uh, previously about a couple months ago. If you haven't heard that episode, I, I really encourage you to go back to it. And then I've interviewed Richard Rudd about twice. So this will be the third time that he's been on. And um, so let me just do a, a, just a very informal introduction, because this is a very special context we're bringing two living masters on, which is actually something I've always wanted to do, but I've never been able to really kind of coordinate everybody's time zones. And not everybody, as is funny enough, not everybody wants to share the spotlight. Um, but these two individuals are, um, you know, they, they, they really, I'm not going to go into the whole thing of how this started. That would take away from the time. But basically, Nick Good. Um, as an informal introduction to me, Nick Good, what he really is, is a human potential teacher from a spiritual perspective and really works on embodiment practices and helps people focus their soul energy, helps them access the signature of their soul, which is maybe something that we can get into. That's a little bit of my language, but that's my interpretation. That's really the gift that he's had on my life and his teachings. 
And Mr. Richard Rudd is the founder of the incredible work, The Gene Keys. And that's actually how this conversation started. Um, and so we're going to go a little bit deeper into that, but I want to set a little bit of a context. And um, so thank you so much to both of you for joining me on this call and um, you know, bring, bringing both of your voices to, uh, to my audience. Um, but bringing it together, I think we're just we're going to have an incredible time. So um, without further ado, the way that I want to set this up, and we'll start with you first, Richard. Um, I feel like the best way to open up this conversation would be to just have each of you share a distillation of your background and the focal point of your vocational work in the world as it pertains to the greater context of this conversation, which is about personal and collective transformation. So um, I'll start with you, Richard, and then we'll, we'll move on to Nick. Hi, thanks, Ronnie. And uh, it's lovely to be here and uh, welcome everyone who's watching live or, or live or dead. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> let's start with a joke. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, um, my name is Richard Rudd. I, um, my background, I guess I'm, I'm a very ordinary guy. I'm a, a dad. I have kids. I'm, I live at home in Devon, England. And, um, you know, I, I guess, uh, what was it? 1996. I, uh, I had an extraordinary experience, um, in my late twenties that kind of changed my life. Um, one of those, um, mystical encounters we sometimes hear about. And, uh, I think each one's unique and everyone has their own story to tell. Um, but to distill it all, I think in, in, you know, what it did is it set my life on, on a, on a particular trajectory, um, that, that the path less traveled, if you like. And from that, I became a, a, a sort of, I guess, a great searcher, a seeker and traveled all over the world um searching and seeking seeking for an answer to what had happened inside me uh in that experience i had um in which i was kind of flooded with light is the best way to put it for three days and three nights and um and and uh, and kind of one with all with all things um so uh, through that journey i gradually found myself compiling a body of wisdom, um, although I didn't know I was doing that um, until it all started to slot together. And um, and then I wrote this book called The Gene Keys, um, in which I encapsulated and con condensed a lot of the wisdom that I had sort of um, experienced um, using the vehicle of the I Ching. The I Ching became like the Chinese I Ching became the, the, the structure um, that helped me to open up and expand the, the kind of wisdom teaching or the transmission or the stream that I received um, at that point and back in my life. And it was an, and it's a constant unfolding for me. It's still a living experience. And, uh, and I continue to teach out of that experience and out of that stream that is a live thing. So it's a like my, I guess my teaching is a live experience that's constantly boring and is constantly new and i rarely repeat things because um, i mean i might repeat certain stories but i you know it's always new and so there's always something new emerging and so 
I'm on this journey of, um, you know, to put it into the context of what you asked Ronnie uh, about the collective awakening, you know, the, the essence of, of what Gene Keys is all about is to give people um, an individual route of empowerment that allows them to follow their own course, um, intuitive course, but using structures provided by the Gene Keys um, teachings that allows them to find their own route, their own unique route um, without the need for a, a teacher. Um, so, you know, although teachers, that doesn't preclude that teachers are wonderful and can be very helpful. Um, so that's sort of the essence of, of Gene Keys. And the, the, the kind of reason in a way it's here, I feel, is, um, is for this next stage in our evolution, you know, that we're, we're standing on a precipice in a way, and um, a new being is, is kind of beckoning us towards itself. And it's, it's our higher expression of humanity and uh, of, of us living all the virtues that are inside us, living at a much, um, you know, at a much higher frequency. That's one of the ways I sometimes talk about it. Um, and they're, they're called the Gene Keys because those, they are a set of codes um, and those codes are found inside our DNA and they're also replicated throughout creation. And um, it's the same codes that are codified in the, the, the structure of the I Ching that are reflected in the cosmos and, and as I said, in our DNA. So it is a kind of, it is a wonderful map for mapping all the possible states of human consciousness from the shadow and the dark, difficult aspects of our psyche up to the most exalted experiences that humanity can can attain. So um, that's really what the Jinkies is, and I hope that places me in a little bit of context for people who've never heard of me before. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to dig a little bit deeper into the Jinkies because that's the, the connective tissue that brought this conversation together. And um, Nick has been working very deeply with the Jinkies. He actually did an incredible reading on me a little while ago, which was incredibly insightful. So we're going to go a little bit deeper into that. Thank you, Richard. And then so for you, Nick, same same basic question, you know, like your, what, what, you know, t- distill for us a little bit your background and your vocational focus in the world. Yeah, I'd love to. So, um, first of all, <laughs> I'd just like to qualify that I would say I'm an, a student, an eternal student. Yeah, I wouldn't put the master tag on Nick Good at the moment and uh, enjoying being a student in the uh, infinite eternal garden. Um, I guess I've been... Uh, following the hero's journey and uh, quite reluctantly at the beginning uh, because uh, I was just born into uh, pretty unusual and uh, challenging circumstances in the United Kingdom in the county of Lincolnshire, which has the highest concentration of practicing Satanists in England. And uh, they get up to all kinds of uh, tricks, especially around uh, certain times of the year. And I was born in 1961 in this little farmhouse, cold, windy place. 
and uh, it actually had a ghost in the house, a little ghost. It was been there for a few generations since my family had been living in the, in the house, my grandparents and my dad and his sisters and so forth. So there was a, a, a doorway to the astral plane through the presence of this ghost. And then when the Satanists did their thing, um, they would, they would uh, invoke and bring in entities uh, from the lower astral play. And uh, they would, uh, um, you know, literally come through my bedroom when I was a little kid. So I had this terrifying ordeal to, uh, to deal with, which, uh, which damaged me uh, um, severely as a child. Plus, I was growing up in a, in a loveless environment where people didn't touch and there was no, you know, there were no displays of affection going. So it created this kind of sort of psycho-emotional uh, trauma, which, um, you know, uh, has, has kind of been a, a, a really wonderful gift because it was, it was a severe severe enough to, to, to warrant, you, you know, a lot of focus from me just to get, you know, onto a level playing field where, uh, where I could just participate in a functional way with, with, uh, with, 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 with others, with my environment. And, uh, but what it also did, what I also had was this kind of wild spirit that didn't want to be tamed, that uh, didn't want to be uh, confined. And uh, the wonderful thing about, about uh, tr- trauma, and there's a tremendous amount of it going on right now. I feel we're in a, you know, in a in a in a tremendously cathartic time right now, and there's so much trauma coming up, or people people being traumatized. The wonderful thing about it is that it cracks absolutely cracks the shell, the container of your psyche, and uh, that's you know that's a very 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 challenging experience because it it, it requires you to to re reconsider who you actually are, you know, to get to grips with who you actually are and what you're actually dealing with, the tremendous forces, uh, you know, that are unleashed through that inside of us. And because we kind of live these, you know, superficial uh, ego, ego-centered lives, we don't have the kind of uh, depth uh, of sense of self that allows us to, to, to live from a place within us where we're, we're you know, we can live in balance and we can actually find a center within ourselves where we actually are quite good at dealing with these, these, these uh, extremely powerful forces within us. And so I guess my journey has been all about that deepening, that deepening uh, of one sense of self and going into the, you know, what uh, mythologically is called the descent into ashes and grief. This, this is definitely a downward spiraling a journey through your own darkness to a place of you know tremendous light and goodness and 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 strength within within yourself which we all possess and um you know because i because this sort of journey takes you from the physical through the mental through the emotional into into this uh, you know, this other landscape within us, it's a feeling world, let's just call it, a, you know, a spiritual landscape. It, and it still requires you to feel and, and, and to navigate. And um, I, um, you know, just generally term this, this, this realm, this arena within us, you know, the soul consciousness, where we're going beyond our physical, mental, emotional world, which goes with the body, 
mind persona into this other sense of self, which, which, which I call soul consciousness. And so I'd been living in, in that world for, you know, pretty much all my life and just, you know, stumbling around, bumbling around, trying to make sense of it all. And things, you know, as they do, you, you persevere on a path and you, 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 you explore enough and, and study enough and practice enough and you get to grips with things. And uh, hence this, you know, student to master, you know, evolution. And then um, I guess about, um, oof, I'm not sure how many years ago now, maybe six or seven years ago now, um, I came across the Gene Keys. And um, I started studying this and, 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 and it just all made you know, it, just, it was just really easy for me to to understand. It was like like <laughs> it was it, it was so easy. It was it was like having a suddenly now you have a map. That's what I perceived the gene keys, the holog- the hologenetic profiles as as a map. And and I'd I'd already you know been doing sessions with people and you know for years before that. And I was you know entraining to their. To, their, to them, to their, to the, through our soul, the connection of our souls, which is just through sensitivity. And, and, and if you live from that depth within yourself, it's very easy to connect with someone on, 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 on that level because you're living from it within yourself. And then just asking simple questions about where they've been and where they, you know, where they feel like they're going, you, you, know, you get a lot of uh, what the map you know, gives you. And uh, so I, I was already able you know, kind of – you know, I was like a, I was doing it without the maps. And then when the maps came, it was like, my goodness, this is like really easy now. This <laughs> thing's retried. So, so, so that really endeared me to the, to the, um, to studying the, uh, the Jinkies system. And the thing about Rich is he's so humble that he, he basically, uh, you know, he's brought this wonderful thing into the world, but he also, uh, you know, he's, he's, he doesn't dominate with his, with his ego about, you know, how it should be interpreted and, 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 and all the rest of it. And he gives you permission to, you know, organically, uh, you know, relate to, relate to this, to relate to the, to the, to the, to the teachings in your own way and, and, and it gives you the confidence to, uh, you know, to draw your own conclusions about, about certain things. And that's a real gift from, 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 from the teacher there to, to the students. So it's been, it's been amazing. And this, this last little thing I'd just like to say, from my perspective, the, the way I perceive what Rich was saying about Yi Ching, and the, the thing about it is is that the ego, you know, this, this, the, the perspective we have on reality that, that thinks, you know, something is happening to you and, you know, you don't really know what it is and everything. You just you don't even know who you are. This kind of superficial sense of self that that, that we all have to, you know, navigate out of. Um, that that the other part of us, the real part of us, the eternal part of us, the part of us that is that is that life is holding perfectly and is and is providing the 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 perfect uh, challenge and. Um, and potentially the, the gifts by the life situations that we're in, you know, including every single detail of your life. Well, that's all going on in this in this wonderful matrix of energy that this that this that this you know what we perceive as as reality is made of. And of course, the I Ching um, is it's sort of 
it sort of show it gives you insight into how the energy is is actually constructed for you as you as an individual that's why it's a div- divination system you can you can um, predict certain things uh, about you know possible and probable futures from from the guidance of the I Ching. So I just see it as as when when the soul incarnates or or or, or projects the form into the world, whatever you whatever you want to say, when the when the personality begins its its uh, gestation in the womb and, and and all of that and is born into the world. The energy of creation is 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 perfectly configured to you as an individual, and and because the energy world is a mirror, it's a mirror of what's going on in 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 that soul, in that consciousness, and that those sixty four gene keys uh, correspond perfectly to those sixty four codons in your in your DNA, which obviously they would do if creation is is supporting your evolution. And then the gene keys give you this wonderful map of how to navigate out of your shadow world, which is your ego's experience, into this greater, more expansive sense of self, which is which is just a joy to to exist in, and 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 that is, you know, the purpose of of life, and um, it's 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 just a wonderful tool. So I'm very very grateful, and we're having good fun over here doing gene keys readings and incorporating them into into all kinds of different fun programs that I do. Fantastic. I, I love that both of you basically dove into the second question I had. So that's actually perfect. And um, I don't, I don't want to, you know, one of the things, my intention for facilitating this was that I was going to minimize my participation or my opinions or my thoughts to the distillation of relevance to give both of you um, as much time as possible. I just want to say, though, with that, the Gene Keys has been profound for me and my community. And I'm in a community of um, kind of a multidimensional community of, of entrepreneurs, healers, um, physicians, doctors, nutritionists, chiropractors, physiotherapists, um, different types of um, teachers and coaches. And the Gene Keys is having this reverberating emergence what I mean by that, it's, it seems to be the gene keys from when I first heard about it is like emerging, or maybe it's because I heard about it in my reality, I'm seeing it emerge. Maybe that's what's really happening. And in my circles of very powerful leaders, it seems to be this reference point that everybody has latched onto and has had a transformative effect. I'm seeing an incredible ripple effect with it. Obviously a testament to that is Nick Good sharing his experience. And, and I want to hand it back to you, Richard, and just see, do you have any thoughts in response to what Nick shared? Um, did anything come up for you um, before we move on with the conversation? Well, it was nice to hear, Nick, your, your story of your early childhood in a way. I mean, even though it was obviously very traumatic, um, and I totally agree with you that this is a this is a very trauma laden time we are in. But in a, I mean, I think humans have always experienced trauma and suffering. Um, but it seems like you know because the world is actually generally more peaceful than it has been, you know, in the past. I mean, yeah. it may not seem like that for some people. Um, there is a, you know, there's more prosperity externally than there ever has been. And again, that's not the case for, for lots of people, but generally prosperity is on the rise um, across all the nations of the world. 
And what that does is it en- enables people to kind of slightly relax mm-hmm. um, and and start to kind of ask questions, especially when they when they have their needs met, and then they can consider, you know, well, you know, if if I have all my needs met and I'm still not happy, mm-hmm. what the hell is wrong? <laughs> and that's when teachings like these um, become useful because they point to the source of where is the trauma inside us. And every single human being alive has some trauma mm-hmm. um, in the, literally in their DNA. And, and, and even if you had a, you know, you're carrying it, uh, you're carrying ancestral trauma anyway on behalf of your ancestors. We all are mm-hmm. um, and going down our ancestral lineages. And that's, those are memories that are actually stored in us mm-hmm. um, or certain amount of generations. And I, I, my feeling is that actually, you know, you never shake all those memories until you've done, until you've kind of done the transformational work inside yourself. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that that's a really uh, uh, kind of poignant thing that you said there, Nick, about um, suffering and, and the nature of suffering. And of course it's the, the, the basis of, of many of the great teachings like Buddhism and, and uh, you know, Taoism and even Christianity and, um, to look into and un- try and understand the nature of suffering inside us, but you know, not just as a as as a whole species, but individually. Like, what is it that you know? What is it that kind of really did it for me? And it's not about it's not about even un- having to understand that. It's about you know, again, as the work you're doing, Nick, is is it about going into the body and finding it in the body. And, and that means not just the physical body, but also the emotional body and being able to um, learn its language and, and find those patterns in the gene keys. We call them shadows. And, uh, and one of the, the basis of the gene keys is this kind of sentence, every shadow contains a gift. Um, so there's this notion of once you kind of understand the shadow patterns, um, there's a and you, there's a there's a sort of authenticity to that mm-hmm. once you really can learn to accept them and embrace them and and that's a that's an uncomfortable process in the beginning um, that you know so that kind of has its stages and phases as you begin to kind of open into like well what is the source of this trauma in my mm-hmm. life and why has it why does it keep leading me into like distress distressing situations or yeah. difficult relationships or health problems or you know you know f- money problems or whatever you know it's all rooted in the same kind of trauma the wound or i call the sacred yeah. wound yeah so um you know getting to the bottom of that is really important but not necessarily we i my understanding is we don't have to really understand everything um we have to kind of embrace everything so, yeah. and that's when we get to the core of that, uh, we begin to find the light um, because the light kind of hidden. I mean, that's one of the great tricks of the gods, if you like, or, you know, is to place the, the, the brightest, most beautiful treasure in the darkest place. Yeah. <laughs> like in all yeah. the legends that we yeah, yeah, yeah. learn yeah. as the fairy tales, yeah. you, know, you find those treasures by going down, as you said, Nick, by descending, mm-hmm. you know, you descend down into the matter, you descend down into the places that, of discomfort. You have to have the courage and the valor to face them 
um, inside yeah. yourself and mm-hmm. to be responsible for them and to feel them and to kind of nurture yourself and to mm-hmm. parent yourself. And what I call bring yourself back from the dead, you know, because in a way, every time the heart closes, you know, we've had those experiences where we're having an argument with someone and, mm. and then, uh, you know, we just feel like this clench across our chest and it's like, it's gone, you know, whatever, whatever opening we had there, it's just gone. Mm-hmm. And we all know that feeling, but then how do you bring yourself back from that feeling? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm talking about, like the ability to be able to go in and parent yourself and nurture your heart back to life. And and the more you can do that, and you know, the, the better you get at doing that and, and the quicker you can bring it back to life. Um, and the more emotionally kind of literate you become, the more, you know, like we've heard of this expression, EQ, you know, our EQ, our, yeah. our ability to... Um, resonate emotionally to understand things emotionally this is a really important time in our evolution to kind of develop our eq you know not you know not just our iq you know but our eq to to develop this this sensitivity to each other to ourselves to learn the gentleness that's needed to kind of begin to allow our heart to open again yeah And and i've said you know one of the things i've one of the great revelations for me uh, about this thing that everyone calls awakening um, is has been that awakening for me is a, is a series of softenings. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's not this you know it's not this big impossible thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's a series of softenings that we mm-hmm. you know the heart opens in layers and and once you know it doesn't open like if you force it and it doesn't open through mental understanding, although that can be a kind of a bridge. Um, it's like it opens when we kind of soften inside ourselves and begin to learn this self-love and begin to take care of ourselves and nurture our own trauma and bring ourselves back from the dead. And I think that's, um, that's kind of our great challenge, you know, to develop and evolve that more feminine side of our nature work regardless of whether male or female it's like a it's a it is a feminine spirit that's inside us um that knows how to take care of us and and we're here to sort of relearn that remember that um so that we can kind of approach the world you know again with an open heart and and maintain that open heart so yeah i think that's that's central to what i what my life's all about anyway Oh, and and it's. Uh, I was just spinning there while you were while you were saying. Um, yeah, we got three men on here, and I remember when Ronnie first uh, put the put this out for us to come together. Rich was like, "Do you think it's a bit too much masculine energy?" And it's great that three men are talking about softening and feeling. And uh, I'm all about I'm all about this, and you got. King Richard there and a couple of like hardcore warrior uh, brothers here. We've definitely come the warrior's journey and, and, and the whole beginning of that is toughening, hardening and, uh, you know, with all those physical practices and smashing and bashing and, and, and all of that. And then the evolution of that is very much this, you know, this, this journey into mastery is this, you know, becoming exquisitely sensitive. And this is where the soul's, this is where the soul resides. It is pure sensitivity and receptivity itself. 
you can't get anything more sensitive than a soul. So I think one of the one of the dialogues, one of the things that that that, that terrifies a, a lot of men that are stuck in the toxic warrior archetype that are still smashing and bashing their way through life and living in the material world, armored up and putting on more armor daily, just to just to survive and achieve in that in the, in that matrix. Uh, one of the thing, one of the words that terrifies them is this, you know, this vulnerability word that, that's become a bit of a buzzword in the in the um, in the women's circles. You know, the women calling out to the men to be more vulnerable, and this conjures up images of you know of men, you know, melting down, having emotional breakdowns, and and all of this. And if you you know, a lot of workshops that you know that people are running, that is the specific goal. A lot of men's workshops, a lot of women's workshops. The specific goal is is to break the men down into quivering, blubbering, sniveling heaps. Yeah, and this doesn't vibe with the with the with the with the real warrior archetype. We're not interested in frigging quivering, blubbering, sniveling heaps, but we are interested in vulnerability and sensitivity on this inner path, this inner journey. So as we're softening within ourselves, and this is a very 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 private intimate intimate practice this is this is jesus saying you know go into your into your closet and shut the doors and pray you know pray in secret with your with your with your mother mother father god this is where you're you know you're opening using your sensitivity and vulnerability to open to that which is within and above you that's where the sensitivity and the vulnerability is is required first and foremost and as you do that then it allows you to to meet the world around you with more sensitivity and compassion, but the other way around, it's it it's it's it doesn't work. It just it, it creates a more dysfunctional male, from my observations. And you've got this feminization of the men now, which is a false feminization. It's 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 the women over-masculinized women that are um, you know in a, following a kind of a toxic warrior archetype that they've seen that the men are doing so they're taking control you know kind of stamping the foot down and and, and taking the, the hold of the power stick and demanding this that and the other of the men and the men are, are following a kind of a toxic feminine archetype which is the you know the blubbering sniveling you know melting emotionally unstable unstable thing and it and it's not working so, so what I do a lot in in my stuff, working with with men and women, a lot of leaders and teachers in in uh, in, in the communities around the world, is introduce them to this to this other possibility, and so that 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 little bit about the vulnerability and the sensitivity going within, um, the receptivity and the what I I say a lot, very use very often the term using the beauty of your own tenderness to connect with that which is within you. So the wound. All the wounds, the gifts, the gifts are in the wounds, and and we get wounded by living in that shadow world, and but it creates this uh, supreme vulnerability and sensitivity, and within that tenderness, on the edge of that tenderness, there's so much beauty, and if you can use that beauty as an organ of receptivity for your spiritual, for your spirit within yourself, then you're, you're, you're really on the money. So I encourage a lot. So that's kind of like the feminine aspect. And then the masculine aspect is simply, uh, is for me, is this, is this, you know, this real certainty, this, this absolute certainty of who you are, the burning faith 
And this, you know, conjures up the image of, you know, the sword and the stone and the, the spear and the arrow, the flaming, the flaming spear, this, 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 this strong, noble, um, unwavering, unshakable, invincible, you know, warrior uh, archetype is, is your own faith. The own, your own certainty in, in, in who you are eternally and your connection to life and, and, and relationship to life, to God, whatever you want, whatever you want to call it, that that exists eternally and, and is always, it's a, it's a constant and it's, it's absolutely irrelevant what you believe and what you, what you emote and what you think and what you do as a, as a person, that never actually changes. And I think the, 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 the real call for the warrior is to stand in the certainty of that while he's merging that with his own vulnerability and sensitivity to, to be a living conduit of that, of the beauty of, uh, of that grace within, that's within and around us all. So it's, a, it's, a, it's the most delightful edge of, 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 of the blade and, uh, and, this, and, this, and this kind of trembling... Uh, you know, fledgling bird kind of kind of feeling. Mm. Mm. Wow! I I, um, I had a dream recently. It was a really powerful dream, and and uh, and um, and in it um, was there was a chasm. It was a very classic kind of archetypal dream. There's a chasm, like a valley, deep star canyon, and and there's a kind of a big uh, there's a kind of bridge that's not that that kind of doesn't go all the way across um and then down in the in the bottom is water but also there are tigers so there were these two powerful tigers down in the valley and and then as i was watching this man ran um and just leapt across the chasm like effortlessly almost like he was just like not even where it was there and i and i gasped I was like, wow that was incredible and he just ran off and then, and then another man ran and, and jumped, tried to follow him and fell into the chasm and fell into the water, you know, and I could see the tigers coming to get him. And actually, um, the second man lay, you know, he kind of, after realizing he couldn't escape, he lay down and he surrendered and he allowed the tigers to devour him. <laughs> and, um, and so I and and I was both those people. I was both those men, and and I what I realised is that both paths were, were perfect. You know, and, and instead of thinking like I have to succeed, you know, I have to, you know that to get to that stage where it's effortless, that that comes in its own time. You know, the the jump of initiation comes in its own time. You can't beat it. So you you can't kind of make it quicker. Uh, so, um, it was a really powerful dream in that sense that, but you know, that I, the, the, cause you, you might think that the one that fell, you know, that there was something wrong, you know, that there was like, oh, I failed, you know, that one failed, that part of me failed. That's the failing part of me, <laughs> but actually that's also a great learning to be able to surrender and then to uh, even to allow yourself to be kind of consumed and to, mm. to you know, to realize that I have the maturity and the vul- to be that, that vulnerable to allow, you know, life to just do what it does to you. And, and knowing that you're both, it's that, it's that, that we are both. And at different times, we're both. Mm. And we are, you know, 
it was it was a it was a really good reminder of that. Mm. I, I have to jump jump in for just a moment, and I really just want to do it for a moment. Um, it's this is really an amazing experience for me to be a participatory fly on the wall. I'm usually the one having the dialogue, which is great and amazing, but to actually be able to sit here and watch both of you essentially elucidate every single point that in question that I had without me actually having to ask any questions um, is pretty amazing. Every single point has actually been kind of brought into the conversation um, already around archetypes, around the masculine, the feminine. I mean, I guess it's it's kind of the intention that kind of goes to show that the power of the intention is real and that it does have an effect on what it is that you're attending, intending on. And so with that said, I, I kind of want to just bring something into this to, to make sure that we're able to, to um, bring it up without stopping the flow. Both of you, well, you, Nick, you really brought it up, but, but you also have kind of brought this up too, Richard, and I want to get your perspectives on this, around the masculine and the feminine as archetypical representations of the human experience, whether you're a man or a woman. The conversation that we're having right now is a lot about, I think, about um, you know healthy masculinity, the evolution of masculinity with the integration of femininity. And I want to bring in a little bit more around archetypical literacy because that word's been used and a lot of people may not have a, they may not have a reference point for archetypical and mythological um, literacy. They may be in what I call literalism, which in my, my understanding is really the, you know, it's, it's the left brain hyper, like taking everything literal, but they may not understand what an archetype is, what, what we mean by kind of like the, the feminine, if they are a man, for example, like what does it mean to actually get in touch with our feminine? So those are just some thoughts I want to put in the pool. I'm going to let you guys take it from there. Um, whichever one of you feels inspired to to lead with those thoughts. After you, Rich. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it, if, to to make it really simple for people, I think it's important. Uh, you know, so as I as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, whether a man or a woman, you know the pathway to awakening, you know, it might have a slight variation, but it's always going to be through the heart, <laughs> you know, through the ability, through, through, through kind of finding the place of love inside us that connects us to everything. You know, that was the experience that I had when I was younger. And it's been my reference point ever since that. And, um, and so I think that's, you know, that is the common ground between between men women and you know what no matter what your preference is or what you kind of how, however you play within the theater of gender because it is a theater you know i see it as a theater you know whether you what however you dress yourself however your your sexual inclination and all of that or whether you're an older person even and you're kind of and and you just find that you you know whether you're in lost interest or you're you know whatever you know, it's still the theater. And so at, at one level, um, I kind of, I think it's important to, to kind of realize that that's a playground and not to get too fixated on 
the identity that you take on um, because it's just an identity. It's just and it's a costume, your gender uh, or in your your kind of relationship to your gender, masculine, feminine, you know, and the issues that come with both and the crossing over of both and the androgynous kind of game that yeah. games that we play and all of that stuff. Um, it's it's a kind of it's all there to be explored by humanity and we are exploring it i think and it's it's a stepping stone along the way you know because at a certain point we you know in order to enter into that heart space we actually have to let go of the gender because the heart space is the transcend is actually the transcendence of gender because it's like you it doesn't make any it, to the heart it makes no difference whether you're yin yang male female dog you know bird you know it's it's all it feels is the connection and so that's kind of i think that's a really important thing to keep remembering and i haven't really answered your question fully ronnie but um i think that's that's the kind of baseline for me that it's the theater and uh, and we need to kind of hold in the back of our being always you know that that idea that what we're really where we're moving towards is this opening of the heart and that any technique or any teacher or teaching or anything that comes your way that helps you to do that. Can you still hear me? Ronnie? Yeah, I can hear you, Nick. Did we lose Richard? Rich, Rich froze, didn't he? Let me just uh, carry on with that while we get Rich back on. So the theatre, yeah, all the world's a stage, Shakespeare said it, all characters in the drama of life. When you deal with people like I do every day with trauma, yeah, like massive drama going on in their lives, you know, terrible things happening this just this week, you know, just some of the bullets, just some of what I've been dealing with this week. Uh, the sister died of cancer, left two children, and the husband, the um, uh, the, 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 the suicidal um, depressive who's self-harming herself, who's coming uh, to stay with me for three weeks tomorrow, the, um, uh, the, uh, the stripper in the, in the, in the club who's, who's, who's um, you know, trying to get out of that, out of that thing, the, the escort in uh, New York who's, you know, just got so many guys on what's happened to her, she's lost her fucking mind. Uh, the uh, the teacher, the trainer from Australia, who's doing this, that, that, and the other. You know, she's running retreats, this, that, and the other. She's a complete basket case. She's a she's a disaster. Doing a session for her yesterday. So when you're dealing with people consistently with emotionally charged drama going on in their lives, if you remove the human element from it, you take the person, the personality, the persona out of the picture and just, and just deal with pure energy dynamics. Instead of, in, instead of the drama, you deal with where is the consciousness stuck in, 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 in the shadow worlds and, and, and what's it experiencing while it's there. Well, when, you, when you take out the details of the drama of life, like this thing that you know all the world's a stage, if you go to the theatre... When you watch a you watch a play, uh, there's all the furniture and uh, and all the props on the on on the stage, and the people are acting out these scenes in this drama. And then, as soon as the act is finished, the curtain comes down, and all the all the furniture changes, 
and new people come on with new clothes and they carry and then they play out the next um, act and the scenes in, in, in that act of that particular aspect of the drama. And that's life. That's life. That's, that's the way that life goes forever. So the world we're living in right now with all these buildings and high technology and, and politicians and, and, uh, and high tech war and all the rest of it, uh, and the internet and information overload. These are just all um, bits of the furniture in the drama of life that's unfolding at the moment. What archetypes are and mythological images are energy patterns that have been there for a very, 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 very long time. They don't change when the furniture gets shifted from act to act. They're always there. So, for example, when we're talking about the masculine and feminine in the ego's terms, we're talking about sexuality. You have a, that's a man, that's a woman. And then, and then there's this androgynous conversation now where, you know, just because I'm a man, I might want to act like a woman. It's because I'm a woman, I want to might act like a man. Transgender is, well, to act like a man so I can have an operation and, 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 and change me into a man. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a man who wants to act like a woman. I can have an operation that actually changes me into a woman. So all of this is going on in the ego's world, the body, mind, emotional landscape where everything changes. And this is a massive distraction. This whole, this whole LGBT um, conversation is a massive distraction away from genuine uh, 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 spirituality away, away from, and that's not to devalue um, whatever whatever you want to do, however you want to express yourself. But if you're investing all your time into it and focus into it, and you're identifying yourself as an LGBT uh, person, and and you're you're super emotionally charged and gung ho about pro or con, you're 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 wasting your life in terms of the spiritual the spiritual path that you should be on because the the real uh, uh, masculine and feminine question is going on in your soul. It's a lot, lot, lot deeper, and it doesn't it doesn't uh, uh, require these super, this overemphasis on the superficial uh, elements in your world. And so, tr- so, so uh, tons of souls are being sucked into this into this conversation right now. And it's a huge amount of energy being uh, being invested in there, which would be. Uh, um, um, enhanced, massively enhanced by uh, a little deeper uh, introspection and consideration, contemplation about what actually masculinity and femininity is. And so archetypically, you know, uh, it, it's this, it still requires you, whether you're a man or a woman, to, to stand uh, um, unwavering in a solid sense of self that doesn't that doesn't wobble it doesn't fluctuate it doesn't vibrate it's not on an emotional roller coaster it doesn't go up and down the emotional spectrum from hysterical joy to hysterical sadness your sense of self is deeper than that and you can function from that place you can take action in the world and you can and the action that you that you take is is inspired by this feminine receptivity and sensitivity to your own spiritual light and and love within yourself so it's it's love in action that's your, the archetypes of the of the masculine and the feminine is very simply love in action
And then your mythological images are just, um, 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 you know, different uh, forms of, of that of ex, that express this um, this action. Um, you know, throughout history. So you have the, you know, mythological images of the hero. The hero is the, the, the big relevant one at the moment. Everybody, just about every movie and book and, and, and anything that we're interested in, massive TV shows and, and all of these things, all express this hero archetype where a reluctant hero goes on a, on a journey uh, that benefits humanity uh, and they get their ass kicked along the way. And along the way, they learn a lot about themselves. <laughs> and we're all on that journey, whether we like it or not, or, you know, or even are aware of it or not, we're all on it. But the wonderful thing about it is the journey lasts forever. It's an eternal journey. And uh, that's, that's really good news. So where's Richard Rudd? Have we, have we lost him on the eternal journey? Uh, I think I'm here. Oh, there he is. Oh, good. I, I couldn't see you on the screen, mate. I was just going yeah, to sorry about that. I, I, love I, fell, I fell into that crevasse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so glad to have you back. I wanted to, one thing that you mentioned that I think is super relevant, um, it's, it's, it's interesting. Khalil Gibran once said that love is work made visible and, or work is love made, is, is made love visible. So to work, in other words, to work, the joy of work is to make love visible. And I, I just wanted to bring that little piece in from my perspective, because growing up as a type A warrior, martial artist, fatherless um, boy, traversing through and navigating through the world, um, I used that warrior archetype um, as a way to actually survive psychologically, emotionally. Um, and at some point that got stuck and I had to go through my own hero's journey, which has been the ex exploration and integration of my own divine femininity and understanding um, that bit, part of the journey, which is where I'm at now, which is why this conversation, I think, is happening. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, with that said, um, you know, we're, I, I want to bring in this, this concept, this idea of work and why do we work? And I don't mean from an occupational perspective. I mean from a vocational perspective. Um, and maybe we can talk about the distinction between the two because what all of us have in common is we've found our vocation. Um, and I think that really brings in this love element, this feminine kind of, kind of creation element in terms of like, why do we work? As a man, for me, I can speak for me, the reason I do what I do is the preservation of the sacred the preservation of life, the sanctity of life. I do the work I do because it's why I'm here and I want to preserve life. I want to preserve the sacred. And that to me is a very, that's obviously a very feminine protective thing. As a man, I want to protect that feminine qualitative essence in the world. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to stop there. I want to hand it over to you, Richard, um, and kind of get your perspective on, on that. Um, whatever, whatever comes up, it's not exactly a question, but I, like to get your take anyways yeah I, I think you know one of the first things if you come and uh, study gene keys one of the first things you'll you'll come to learn when you get one of these profiles is is the 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 what is your life's work you know what is your life's work what are you here to do and then there's another place uh, in your profile called your purpose what is your core purpose you know what are you here 
to bring? What are you here? Who are you here to be? And so in a way, in, in the beginning, you already have like this kind of dichotomy of these two sides of our nature, the one, the thing you're here to do and the one you're here to be. Um, and so, so life's work in the world and then purpose, deep purpose. And, um, both of that in a way are, are, are sort of, they're obviously deeply interconnected because, um, your being is, is what you bring to your doing. And, uh, and if you're aligned, then your doing flows from your being. And, and so really the thing that, the thing that actually really, um, fulfills us is contacting the being inside us because the doing is something that can change. You know, you can be a plumber or you can be a father or you can be out of work or you can be a bum or you can, you know, you can do, you can be all kinds of things. I'm sorry, you can do all kinds of things, but you're going to be, you know, that being is the key really. So when you can anchor yourself in that being and in the highest aspect of that being, then you're, you're a stable human being. You know, you're, you've, you've really found a deep sense of stability, and I call that the core stability. And it takes some breakthroughs to come to that place, and that's the journey. That's part of the hero's journey that's uh, described as you study your gene keys, as you kind of contemplate your gene keys, because you're going to get these codes the specific gene keys that are specific archetypes that kind of elucidate your journey and give you a sense of, okay, that's my shadow that I have to, that's the specific shadow I need to meet in my warrior's battle. That's the tiger I need to kind of make friends with or allow it to devour me and then be transformed and then forgive and then move on. And whatever your, the shape of your journey is, um, you know, the, the gene keys, path helps you to kind of put an image around that and write an, a narrative so that you can find this sense of what am I here to do? Who am I here to be? And um, yeah, so I, I find that an incredible uh, contemplation. And as I said, it, it has, it takes some time um, to really dig into the being part because that's the part, the feminine part. And that's the part that many of us are not so good at finding because in the modern world where everything's about doing and everything's about achievement and everything's about goals, you know, the being part is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want any of that. That part of me is like, I don't want any of that. I just want to, I just want to sit here and look out the window at the, the trees, trees and the flowers, you know? Um, so that is kind of, you know, that's why I kind of call it the art of contemplation which is the ability to kind of, well, it's, it's something you learn about being, you know, to, to, to stop and smell the roses, to take some time, not to be so possessed by the, you know, the things of the world. I mean, they're wonderful. As I said, it's a theater, so we can enjoy it and we should enjoy it. Um, but the other side of nature is this deep feminine well, which is being. And, you know, I, I, so I, I kind of encourage all these these uh, techniques like pausing, like teaching people, reminding them, pause, pause all the time in a day, pause regularly, take a deep breath, just take some moments. You know, and when a pause comes your way, instead of going, oh, I need to get on, take the pause, you know, enjoy the pause. 
and fill your day with pauses and you'll see what a magical day it will become and 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 learn other arts like like lingering take your time with things sauntering don't rush so much um and plan your day around those slower processes that slow you down so that so that you can imbibe the beauty and the wisdom of the world mm. you know and uh, one of my great passions is poetry and um and uh, and some of my favorite poetry is the ancient poetry of of ancient china and um they, these little poems are like so short they're literally like a couple of lines and it's some guy sitting on a mountain top you know thousands of years ago who just wrote these kind of beautiful lines and they're always they're just achingly lonely kind of beautiful haunting connections between a human and a pause and nature so it's like they sometimes describe they're sitting there and they just, just will describe maybe the maybe the bells in the distant valley ringing or you know the bamboo kind of swaying in the breeze or these you know these beautiful archetypal moments and they describe them so well <laughs> and um and those you know those those are the moments that matter the most in life not the kind of oh you know i've i've you know done i've kind of done all this i've you know i've achieved this it's like you know those are not things that life will remember <laughs> what life will remember are those special beautiful soft feminine moments so yeah that's that's the art of contemplation mm. that's awesome brother thank you so yeah. much for reminding yeah. us of that pleasure i've just written a new book called the art of contemplation it's coming out in january yeah it looks wonderful a, it's, it's not quite out yet but that's look the, at that you know, tiny very thin look how thin it is thing, yeah? it's a bit <laughs> different to the old g keys rather than that eh? yeah <laughs> i know i thought i'd take it easy on my readers Lao Tzu. <laughs> So the, the, the I Ching uh, is all bound up in that Chinese tradition and the Tao De Ching is replete with all that, that kind of energy that Rich just described. I listen to the Tao De Ching almost daily. Stephen Mitchell's audio book version, have you ever come across that? That's the best version I've ever come across, actually. So, I don't know the audio, but um, I, I've read it and, and the translations are so crystal yeah. clear. Stephen Stephen Mitchell reading his own reading his own book. Yeah, the Dad Aching by Stephen Mitchell. Highly recommend anyone who's who, who's watching to listen listen to that. So this is an absolutely critical point Rich Rudd's making here. This the, the art of being. So you're asking Ronnie's asking what's the connection between uh, you know how you know what's the, the work factor? And I was talking about love in action. Rich is talking about the you know the, the 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 subtle art of being and having these this pausing and 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 and, uh, and lingering yeah so we have these gaps in life these gaps this 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 is where you can disengage your ego's fever the ego's in this passionate fever to reinforce its own sense of self-importance so it needs to feel busier, it needs to be doing, doing, doing. It needs to, you know, like if, if I'm the healer, then I need a sick person to heal. Yeah, this this mad fever to 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 do something. Yeah. So we're in a world now with the high tech. Everyone's um, 
you know, addicted to their devices and they're addicted to their devices for a very good reason because those devices have been designed specifically to generate that addiction, that dopamine response. The guy that um, was involved in the uh, creation of Facebook, the Indian guy who had the big, uh, um, um, you know, press conference a few years ago, you know, just basically saying, hey, look, you know, we've created a monster here. This thing is designed to, you know, to, 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 to addict you to it with a dopamine reaction. That means, you know, your fight, flight, fright response, your sympathetic nervous system, which keeps you in this doing, doing, doing this frantic energy where you can't pause, you can't linger. And so as, 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 as individuals trapped in their ego consciousness, locked into the shadow world, because they're too focused on the physical, mental, emotional sense of self, and they aren't, they aren't, they aren't able to dis, dis, to disentangle themselves from that within themselves as a feeling experience. They're the ones that are getting swept along now in this ever increasingly intense and powerful tsunami of uh, technology. This new G world that they're that they're uh, promoting at the moment, where that everything can be conducted. Uh, the internet and, and and Wi-Fi and 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 all kinds of other frequencies. Um, everything become everything that can conduct will be conducting. It's going to become more and more challenging for us to find to, to actually have the ability to pause to linger. So one of the key things to this is the breathing, and I'm always um, coaching people to do alternate nostril breathing because alternate nostril breathing activates the parasympathetic central nervous system response. The consciousness that's coming, that's that's, 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 uh, extending from the soul into the physical world is meeting the world through the central nervous system, through the senses. So the consciousness is connecting with the world of form through the senses so that sensory information through your eyes and your ears and so forth is going immediately into the central nervous system. But the central nervous system is under attack all the time with this dopamine reactivity and this fight, flight, fright response. People are, uh, you know, despite how much technology, uh, how much prosperity they have, most people are, are um, uh, their survival is being threatened or their sense of survival. It's an ego, ego-based fear reaction to what what they perceive as as the threats coming from around them so 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 it reinforces more and more and more of this sympathetic response the fight flight fright adrenaline cortisol dopamine adrenaline cortisol dopamine so people feel that they're that they're trapped consciousness feels that it's trapped and it's getting more and more trapped but the thing is if you just take the breath and you use that alternate nostril breathing specifically you only need to do it three times properly, all the way in and all the way out. Then you can have these, this, this genuine pause where it's not just press pause in your, in your continuum of busy, 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 busy. It's literally a pause where you move out of that uh, physical, mental, emotional energy spectrum where all the chaos and fear and, 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 and all of that intense energy is into a deeper experience within yourself to, a, to an invisible landscape that's here, that's permanently here, and you connect with it and you just feel how wonderful it is to be you, how wonderful it is to be alive, and how free you actually are, no matter how busy you, you know your, your, your super surface life is. So this is a really, really, really important thing. 
Yeah, and the simplest thing. Yeah, and the simplest thing. Yeah, totally. And and we're really, you know, we're really a bunch of addicts. You know, everyone that comes to me, they're just like babbling, la 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 la, and just you know, justifying all these reasons why they they should, you know, why it's you know they they ha- it's kind of like they have the right to continue living an insane life. And this, 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 what I love about the purpose, the, 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 the core purpose, uh, gene key is that it shows you the style you should be living your life, the, 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 the way you should be walking down the road. I remember once I was, uh, I was in South, South of France and, uh, I got make, mixed up with these, these guys that had birds of prey. Yeah. They had these magnificent birds of prey, these eagles and these hawks. And I remember I was standing next to this guy and he had this fantastic hawk on his arm, this massive bird, and, but it had a hood on it, yeah. And he pulled this hood off and, this, and the nobility of this bird, the, the wildness of this, of this thing just hit me so strongly. And even though it was a slave, it was on his arm and tied up with Jess's around on his leather thing there. And he had his hood on and it had to freaking be tied to this thing and live in this cage and that. This thing was a slave to this guy. He hadn't lost one micro bit of his wildness, of his pure spirit. And it just really blasted me. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's, that's us. I'm in, I'm in this world. I'm working my ass off to, for liberation and, and, and awakening. I'm a slave to the, to, the, to, the, to the matrix. But, man, my spirit ain't. It ain't at all. <clears throat> Richard, any thoughts on that? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think you're you're talking about freedom, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, fr- freedom is is like a really great contemplation to to do, you know, for yourself. Like it's actually one of the key gene keys, you know, the, like the the fifty fifth gene key is the key of freedom. Yeah, isn't that amazing? And, um, and it's, Double freedom, isn't it? Freedom in yeah. this amazing. Yeah, and um, sorry. What's the shadow again? Uh, victim, the victimization, victimization. You know, so, you know, we have this, you know, like where, where am I a victim? That's the question of freedom. Where am I a victim? And it can be incredibly subtle when you go asking that question. You go, well, why, you know, where do I not feel free? And the more you ask that question deeper and deeper and deeper, you realize the more you trap yourself. Mm. You, know, you are the one that is making yourself a victim you know like <laughs> even the subtler levels are like you can even be a victim of thinking you need to be free <laughs> you know Absolutely. you put yourself under the pressure of like but i don't feel free that in itself is like there's something in you that's still trapping yourself you know um because all states are allowed you know and and that actually is freedom freedom is where everything is accepted right now you right now as you are in all your pain and all your difficulty you know that is actually freedom the pure acceptance of that state but the victimization will keep taking you away from that acceptance into the future you know into like I can get free. I'm going to get free tomorrow. If I do this and that and that, then I'll be free. You know, I mean, it's an old chestnut, right? You know, if I earn that much money and then I get to that and then I have a house and then or whatever, I'll be free then. Right. And that's, we all, that's, we all know that old chestnut. Um, but it stays, 
it remains the kind of key thing that's in the way of freedom. So it's a paradox because, you know, like awakening, for example, awakening is both in the now, but it may also be in the future. <laughs> it may be in a future now because you are also on this, you're in this theater, you're on this trajectory. So there are layers of that awakening for us. Um, and we have to kind of live in and dwell in those paradoxes. So I think freedom is the most amazing discussion point, really. I'm, I'm evolving a, a retreat next year based on freedom. Um, it's, it's actually a, it's going to be a one-day retreat <laughs> that anyone can take to, to contemplate this question of freedom. Where is freedom for me? And it's different for each person actually um even though the same it's the same in its core but the journey there is different because there are layers of judgment of um opinion of um complexity in the mind as you said nick of um, addiction addictive patterns you know we all have an addiction for something all of us we all have an addiction right (laughs) for some some yeah there's some addiction running in us and um, it's one of the jinkies again, the shadow addiction. And the interesting thing about that one is that the uh, the highest essence is silence. You know, so the the only true addiction is silence, <laughs> which is the end of addiction. Right? There's another beautiful paradox. I mean, that yeah. sounds all very wise and kind of stuff, but you know, ultimately, addictions are things that have to be transformed. You know, you actually, you you know you've got to kind of change your addiction from an unhealthy one to a healthy one. Yeah. That's the only way you're going to be able to use that energy. So you, you find a healthy addiction, like pausing is a really healthy addiction. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, because the moment you actually, and breathing, you know, finding those times of like, <sighs> you know, and the more you do that in your day, then the more addictive it becomes <laughs> because you're like, yes, you right. want that space of, ah, this is good. This feels good. This is nice. You know, this is what life is about. Um, so it's a, you know, those things that we're playing with, those patterns that victimize us, that we allow to victimize us, that keep us from feeling free, it's up to us to kind of transform them by finding healthy addictions and um and then we kind of one day we transcend that whole field altogether because we just become you know like you no longer pause consciously you just pause naturally Mm -hmm. because there is a pause so you pause (laughs) and you don't have to kind of think i need to breathe now (laughs) by the way my my um my version of your alternate nostril breathing, which I love, by the way, very ancient practice, is um, is also very simple. I love these very simple practices. Take your palm, place it on your belly, or both palms, place them on your belly, and then just gently breathe into your palms with no pressure. You know, you just allow your breath on its own to just tune into your palms being on the belly. And what that does is it it brings your whole breathing back down to your to your core to your root you, you mustn't force it in any way it's, you don't even need you just put your hands there and you allow your breath just to find its way down to your palms in its own time 
you know, a few minutes doing that and things begin to kind of, your whole system begins to sort of calm and, and it's particularly good for um, anxiety. You know, it's the simplest way of bringing anxiety down in your system. Um, it takes a little while. It depends on the level of anxiety you have running through you. Mm. But um, it, it's a beautiful thing because what happens is when we were young children, when we were babies particularly, we breathe from our belly. You know, if you, if you hold a child's belly, you know, you're, uh, you're a very young child, you'll see that all the breath just moves from the belly. It's incredible. It's incre- that's addictive. You know, if you can like hold a child's belly, like, or just put your hand on it. It's like, wow, the whole being is breathing from there. And we have that breath inside us. So when you place your palms just simply on your belly, and you come back to that, it starts to kind of reactivate that memory inside us. And again, the more you do a practice like that, the more your body remembers. And you can do it on others as well. You can place your hand on their belly and allow their breath to just come back to that it's incredibly healing it's a wonderful thing to do to someone you love and someone who trusts you i mean not everyone can will want to have their hands on their belly if they're a stranger for sure but someone you love it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing to do and and you know brings brings peace of mind so anyway that's a little little tip from me yeah the holy breath so the yeah. so the so the this going back to this uh, work question yeah and not so much what we're doing but how we're doing it if we're doing it with our connection to our spirit through our feminine sensitivity with that masculine certainty of who we are yeah anchored in the breath Jesus taught in the old Hebrew word for breath and spirit was the same thing so Jesus called it the holy breath a lot as well as the Holy Spirit. So you're using the breath as an anchor for your concentration to stay connected to, 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 to spirit, to the, to the deeper world within, within yourself. And um, this is like the direct route. If you, can, if you can breathe the love of God into your, into your world while you're doing it, I, I focus a lot on breathing, inhaling, and taking that love and light exhaling and giving that love and light if you can get into that rhythm and consistently do that you know like this this freedom this freedom day if i was doing that freedom day i'd have everyone just doing that all day while rich is talking saying talking whatever he wants to say exactly breathe the holy spirit breathe the holy spirit breathe the holy spirit and and then they're walking out with with eight hours of con- constant breath connection to their the continuity of their spiritual integrity. That's transformational, right there, because you're bringing the infinite into your into your body world. You're bringing the infinite in there. That's what's going to make 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 the difference. So I focus a lot on that. Very important. Use the breath as the anchor when people are living in fear, which most most people are. Um, the breath becomes very, very shallow. So they're locked into that, para- into that sympathetic response. So the, the belly breathing that Rich is talking about, um, it's fundamentally 
one wonderful to re- reactivate reactivate that capacity to breathe because if you're not when you're living in fear people are you know they whatever they're doing it's like they're running away from something or they're they you know there's going to be a confrontation yeah it's a it's, it's a dreadful way to, to to exist and unfortunately the vast majority of modern modern civilization is 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 existing in that way but it needs more than the physiological uh, benefits of just deep breathing it needs this spiritual connection this awareness to this to this infinite power within ourselves that's the problem that's what's missing from our surface surface lives and without that you've got a everything's a distortion people are doing their best you know when we talk about just that that word love for example people are doing their best and it has to br- begin with you know, you can't bring that spiritual love into your life if you don't deeply and completely love and accept yourself just the way you are. And a lot of these um, shadows, um, you know, people, the ego will use that as an excuse to uh, for self-hatred, for self-loathing. It's absolutely astonishing when, the, when you really ask the questions, when you're working with, with, with clients like the people that I work with, and I, and I work with droves of, of individuals every day I'm, I'm on it. When you really, really ask the question, n- nearly everyone's stuck in self-loathing, a form of self-loathing. They're, they're, they're impatient and angry with themselves. They have no tolerance. They, they treat themselves far, you know, like I, I always use this analogy, you know, when they're, they're trying to change their lives. Yeah, they've been in this pattern for years and now they, they, they're like awakening and so now they want to do something different. And then they start, you know, proceeding in that direction um, somewhat, taking some rudimentary steps in the direction they want to go. But they fall down. They make mistakes. They regress, all all kinds of stuff. And I use this analogy of if you're teaching, uh, you know, your child, a baby child to walk, and he's taking his first, you know, teetering steps and he's falling over, you know, every now and again, what are you going to do? Are you going to start kicking it around the room or, or are you, you know, just because you can't walk the first go or are you going to pick it up and, you know, actually help it, support it along a bit? Of course, are you going to, and therefore, well, of course I'm going to help it. Well, you're not, you're not doing that to yourself. You know, you're becoming very violent and critical towards yourself, like just because you can't, you're not like a spiritual master after doing, you know, breathing for two minutes, you know. It's uh, it's it, it requires a bit more of a demonstration of compassion and love for oneself. So this is a really good beginning place, you know. So my my work focuses fundamentally on the breath, anchoring that to spirit. So you have this continuity and and and, and uh, focus for your for your mind and for your for your for your, for your consciousness, uh, and then gently, uh, <coughs> lovingly embracing yourself with all your with all your uh, bits that you know hitherto you haven't been embracing deep love and self-acceptance that's what the emotional freedom technique is founding on that tapping you know even though i'm you know an alcoholic i deeply and completely love and accept myself just the way i am and all of these shadows the reason they have a gift in them is when you start loving you and accepting you and embracing yourself for this just you know in this shadow world it just it's so much love is released if you can if you can move from self-loathing to self-love it's a phenomenal journey that's a whole life a lot a soul soul deep soul deep life lived right there just in that movement regardless of what you're doing in the world 
so the so so I teach a lot about the layers, the the surface level of self that needs embracing, the deep love and self acceptance, and then there's this very much this belly world, which is the emotional reservoir of the subconscious mind. It's the inner child, the wounded inner child. That's where all the compassion, the ho'oponopono, the love and self-acceptance and forgiveness needs to be channeled with the breath in there. So that so that inner child is feeling nourished by you. That's all your memories, your hidden memories, everything you've forgotten, all the thoughts and words and actions, the feeling states, the vibrations of it all that are embedded in your in your in your belly world. That all needs breathing breathing better with love. And then there's that deeper element that Rich was talking about before, the ancestral connection, which is embedded in our DNA and, and in our soul, in the ancestral soul matrix. And that's where we need forgiveness prayers. And we, we, when, you're doing, when you're doing the work on yourself, you, you, you quite quickly can move through your personal stuff. No matter how traumatic it is, you know, relatively quickly you can move through the, as you go through the levels of yourself, you move through the personal world, that deep love and self-acceptance for yourself as a, as a person in the world. And then into that, into that memory world, all the stuff you've forgotten. Some of it you haven't, but most of it you have. Just that ho'oponopono on there, the pure compassion towards yourself. But then you go into this impersonal world. And this is where the, 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 the enormous amount of, of content is in the collective unconscious. And what I've learned, I don't know when you've come across this, Rich, but what I've learned is, is that, is that the, the nature of this stuff is to rise to the surface so it can be integrated, so it can be transformed, so it can be transmuted. We have to look at this stuff from our hidden past not just our own stuff, but then there's this deeper impersonal world. And, and, and I liken it to like a, like, a, like a well, and there's a river flowing in the darkness at the bottom of that well, and that river is the river of collective, unconscious, unresolved trauma, uh, negative energy, all the thoughts, words, actions, and feeling states that don't resonate with love. That stuff stays in the in the collective unconscious pool of humanity, and it's our responsibility to transmute and transform that with love. And what it's always, as soon as you start to awaken, this is another misnomer on the spiritual path that it's all you know fairies and crystals, and and you know as soon as you're awakening, your life suddenly you know it's like having the fairy godmother touch it with the magic wand, and you you know you live happily ever after. But, but as everyone knows, you get your ass kicked, a royal ass kicking, sign up for, a, you know, just a deconstruction of your life before there's a real, uh, um, you know, consolidation of a new, of a new, of a new you. And one of the things that happens when people awaken is this, the light, the light at the top of the well gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And as soon as that, 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 that river of darkness sees an a, a exit point, to the surface of, hu of, of human consciousness, it's coming up. So, 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 so it's one of the reasons why it's so challenging. The spiritual path is so challenging because you're not just dealing with your own stuff. You're dealing with the collective unconscious. You become a servant, whether you like it or not, whether you realize it or not, to transmuting a, a, you know, a lot of the collective unconscious. Do you follow that, what I just said? That makes sense. Absolutely. You wanted to say something, Ronnie? Well, I, well I, I, wanted to, I wanted to hear your response, but I just wanted to create a sacred pause and just check in real quick with you because I know that where you're at, it's really late. And um, 
I just wanted to check in on our time and um, what your time availability or your time limits are to continue the conversation. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool for going a little, bit, a little further. So let's okay. follow it. Great. Then let's let's follow the rabbit hole. Yeah, I think that was that was really um, really true. Actually, what you've just been saying there, Nick, that um, you know the 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 wider you open your consciousness um, to the light, the more the greater the shadow. You know, it's again an old story, um, and it, it, yeah, in a way that has to you know. All we each come and we have we have the amount of karma that we are given is exactly the amount that we can handle. You know, no more, no less. It's the perfect challenge for us. Yeah. For us, age. <laughs> which is always a little bit more than we feel. We <laughs> very true. It feels like it's too much. I mean, one, uh, one thing I can say as a like encouragement, I think, is that. There are kind of years, there are phases where you feel like you're in a tunnel and you're doing this work and it feels like it's endless and you just feel like it's just, when is this ever going to end? Does this ever get better? You know, <laughs> and it does, it does. But, you know, the, 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 the magical thing, the, the kind of, you know, the warrior has his or her weapons, you know, and um, like it's the shield and the sword and those things. And in a way, like one of the most magical weapons is patience. Yeah. You know, I, I am a great teacher of, I'm not a great teacher, but I'm a, a teacher <laughs> of great patience. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I, I am like patience is it's not a it's not a popular teaching right <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> I, if, you know if i left behind like one of the core words for what i hope i can bring to this mm-hmm. planet it's patience um, to but, help people become patient in the gene keys bro the patience that uh, that word in the which gene key is it uh, it's gene key five which is yeah about you so know it goes impatience patience timelessness yeah timelessness so mm-hmm. so so the thing about the thing about this is um uh, is that patience if you're if you're if you're connected to the timelessness which only comes through connecting to the infinite to the eternal within yourself it's far easier to become patient than if you're not if you have if you're stuck in the in the in this time it's being compressed by all these forces and it feels like it's stuff just spinning out of, 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 yeah, of, and of space kind of, um, and people sort of like to say oh i'm so impatient i'm such an impatient person and um you might want to change that language um <laughs> because you know there are layers to patience you know there's that yeah. kind of forced patience you feel like I'm, i ought to be more patient you know it's mm-hmm. like that's a stage and uh, there is a thing called that I call deep patience, and deep patience is more akin to trust. And it's like when you when you when you do that belly breathing we were talking of, or when you come into one of those pauses, you contact deep patience. And and uh, and it is this it is a it is the field of love. Actually, that's what it is. That's what patience is. Patience is simply the field of love, but it's self love. It's it's the trust in the in the cosmos that's why that fifth gene key is 
is the universal pattern of life. It's the rhythms of life are contained in that gene, in that code, in our DNA. It's that code that connects us to all life forms and to the pulse of life and the rhythm of life in all forms. And that rhythm is, you know, it has many, many nuances in different forms, but there's a central pulse, like the pulse of our heart. That pulse is moving through all beings all the time you know as we're as we're being born as we're dying as we're, you know that pulse is continuous it's this continuous beautiful connecting pulse that that is at the heart of any of every galaxy of every cell of every being of every dimensional being that we can't see in it with our senses it is a central kind of coalescing factor of life so when you come into that place of groundedness, that's what you feel, and and you immediately feel patient. But you don't kind of, you don't sort of say, "Oh, I'm being patient." <laughs> you just, you just are. You just go, "Well, I'm not in a hurry. Why would I be in a hurry?" You know, what? what it's like, I, I, why would I try and be quicker than life? <laughs> um, why, you know, life is is perfect. Like everything will come as it comes. So uh, what I was saying is that every shadow that's coming up, every difficult period that we're moving through, there is a kind of arc to it, and there is a sort of perfection to it. We are in a process of, 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 of acceptance, and acceptance takes you know, a long time. The, the, the deeper the shadow, the harder it is to kind of really grasp and accept. And those, especially those deep ones that, as you said, come up from the well and they're collective and they don't seem to kind of make any sense to us. And we're like, well, I, you know, this seems harder than it should be. Um, it's because we're kind of taking on a deeper slice of the, of the world karma. And also that can manifest externally, you know, through kind of oppressive life circumstances that seem to kind of fall upon us. And actually, you know, one of the key sentences um, in Gene Keys is actually from a teaching I call the Seven Sacred Seals, which is a, a really beautiful part of the Gene Keys mm-hmm. synthesis. Um, and it, the, the key to that teaching is, is this, this one-liner, suffering is grace. Mm. And I, I tell you, that sentence will change your life if you take that in deeply. Suffering mm-hmm. is grace. Because it doesn't seem like it, you know. It really does not seem like it, and and I, and I don't say that in a trite way because I know there are people out there who are deep, who are suffering terribly, and you know, way more than I have, or mm. you know, ever have possibly. But there's a grain, there's a kernel in that suffering, and there's there's something of beauty somewhere hidden inside it, and one day that person will find out what that was and what that is you know and they may not even be in this life but there's something in it of beauty of worth of of you know you know of kind of essence an essence of of awareness of greatness even of beauty but it doesn't you know you just don't see it always right away you know but you but 
the soul sees it at somewhere at some level at some point so that so it's a deep thing to kind of take in that suffering which seems so hard actually offers us so much mm. it's a world view there's a different you know i encourage anyone listening to this to kind of just consider that for yourself like that world view shifting that world view from suffering is terrible i must escape it to suffering is grace it can actually take me where I need to go, where my soul yearns to go. And, and in fact, that's the only place it can take you when you listen to it deeply. You have to really listen to it inside you and also inside others. You, know, you have to look at the world through that, through that lens of your heart and that softening lens. And then you know, things really, really change around you. Mm. I mean, I find that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of good news in the in the truth that uh, there's a part of us that's that isn't suffering at all never has been never will be it just exists beyond all this all this suffering realm and um there's another little breath that i'd like to share this uh was gifted to me by Boba g one of the greats and it goes with the alternate nostril breathing and the belly breath with the compassion and then when, you've, when your central nervous system has really kicked into parasympathetic and you feel that you, that you actually are genuinely relaxing, which can happen very quickly, you know, really within three breaths if you do it right, then the secret is, is when you're breathing in, to imagine you're breathing out. And when you're breathing out, to imagine you're breathing in. And what happens is, is it puts you into this, into this little space between the in-breath and the out-breath, and you can just move out of this 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 suffering realm which is a realm and it's and it's and it, and, it, and it's full of suffering for a very 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 good reason and one of the reasons is, is to remind consciousness that it doesn't actually like being in here and it needs to go away into the realm where it's supposed to be having the best day ever and uh, and the and it just lets you you know detach a little bit from this mental emotional physical world so the secret is is when you're breathing in imagine you're breathing out when you're breathing out imagine you're breathing in focus on the stillness you are the stillness the stillness is you and there's this this what i call a synchronicity point between the in-breath and the out-breath where you can you can have you have this direct connection with your spiritual freedom your spiritual purity your spiritual integrity and you can enjoy soaking your little soul in there and slipping up some good stuff before you naturally oscillate back into the mad world where all the crazy stuff's going on. Yeah. So I do a lot of that. A lot of that. It's uh, it's essential. Um, it's a really good thing. You can take chronic um, cases of uh, that have been stuck in um, all kinds of trauma for years and give them their first taste of spiritual freedom that they've ever ever had in there. In, in this lifetime and it's it's remarkable the the, the impact of that mm, thank you for that i wanted i want to just kind of pop in here and um i'm aware that we've been going almost two hours and i mean i wow i yeah this is kind of just like flown by um and was let's just go all night let's just go all I, night come on well, Rick. <laughs> this is the big moment bro if we just go all night we'll shift the whole thing tonight it'll be saved <laughs> you can retire in it's the morning like one of those 
performances of James Joyce's Ulysses, like <laughs> going on for twenty four hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredibly. I mean. I guess if Richard was on board with that, it's incredibly tempting for for me. I mean, I, in all seriousness, I I could. No, I'm going to I'm going to give our listeners a pause. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We can. We I, can feel, I, I empathize with them. <laughs> we can. Yeah. There. Well, you know, for everyone listening, that does bring up a really important point about integration, right? Because you know, the thing about the internet, and I've and I've fallen into this in social media, is that we live in an age of information. So you know, we have every single bit of information on every single topic conceivable by the human mind available at the fingertip where, you know, on one end you can become complacent with so much information and on another end it's, it can be challenging to integrate it if you're constantly going through the noosphere of the human psyche and constantly going through the mind and trying to take in so much information. There is something to be said and maybe that's a perfect kind of concluding topic to get both your perspective on there is a lot to be said about the integration and you know the the word trauma has been brought up a few times and and this is something i study whether it's um trauma-based conditions um uh, i've been really going deep into psychological emotional and physiological trauma in dr gabor mate's work if you're familiar with him and one of the the perspectives that he shares on the nature of trauma is that Ultimately, what a trauma is, is it's a separation or a division that's been created with an individual, their psyche because of the traumatic effect, but it's not the, it's not the event in of itself that the mind remembers or recirculates, it's the actual separation. So that must mean in order for someone to heal, another word for healing could actually be integration, right? Integration, the, the diametrically opposed um, archetypes or, or integration, integrating the psyche, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so there's a lot to be said about integrating information, integrating insights, contemplation, in other words, Richard, which is such a, which is such a hallmark of all of your teachings. You really recommend people actually pause and they contemplate. And so the last thing I want to say before I hand it off to both of you for concluding perspectives is I want to bring up the, um, the work of Ken Wilber. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I got from the philosopher Ken Wilber in his integral theory um, uh, philosophy is this idea of transcendence and inclusion. And so, you know, for example, when you're, when you're going through transformation or you're going through the rungs of the ladder, the tendency for a lot of people, myself included, the tendency had been to try to escape the old version of myself, to escape my shadow, to not integrate the disowned parts of myself until I started to understand that if I wanted to transcend myself, I had to also include myself at the same time. So this idea of transcending and including opposed to, you know, trying to get somewhere like spiritual ascension. I'm trying to get there, but I'm, but I'm not bringing myself all the way through. Um, so I want to, you know, hand that off in, in from the perspective of integration and whatever, whatever you think is, is really valuable to share on what I just said. I'd like to kind of make that the final, the final kind of perspective for everyone. And why don't you go, Nick, and I'll finish. Good idea. Okay, well, Rudolf Steiner 
brought some great light into understanding what's actually going on in this energy world that we're in, where all this information, all these bits of information are available and so on and so forth. And he uh, pulled a lot of his understanding from the mystical schools. And basically, this is, and this really works with, with my model. In this energy world, there's two opposing forces in dynamic tension with each other. But they're not opposing each other. They're not fighting against each other. They're providing the necessary tension required so that a space-time continuum can exist. One of those forces is a downward spiraling force which pulls consciousness down into subhuman behavior. And both of those forces are, are, are extremely active right now. And so you see this downward spiraling force with the pedophiles and pornography and gluttony and, and all of this, you know, the debasement of, 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 of our humanity, this, this the preoccupation with um, blood, um, you know, bloodbath fights, mega fights, and, and all, of this, all of this stuff. This is a war, obviously. This is all a downward spiraling um, pulling force, which um, archetypally you could call satanic. But then there's an upward spiraling force, which provides a tension, the tension so that we can have this tension field, which was necessary for space-time to exist in eternity. So, so this upward spiraling force is the Lucifer, the false light. So a lot of these, a lot of these um, philosophies and, and, and ideologies and, and, and perspectives are part of this false light thing where you just become too reliant on ideas, on mind, on I, 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 that I have to do something or be something. And that if we just have more technology, the more technology we have, the better we're going to be and all the rest of it. More, 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 more is this upward spiraling thing. So the secret is this whole thing is absolutely perfect. This, this way, this, this is like the toroidal activity. Yeah? We've seen that represented in models, the toroid. For the consciousness to stay absolutely in the center. And this notion of the pause, of integration, you're not trying to integrate all this, all this information that you're receiving from the world because there's an infinite amount of it going to be pouring into you. If you, you know, you, anyone who's done any, you know, real study whatsoever gets to a point where it's just like saturation. It's just like, oh, you know, there's just so many perspectives, which the, none of them are any more valid necessarily than any, any, any other. And this is, you know, in the, in the Chinese wisdom teachings, this is when the master realizes that he knows nothing. He becomes innocent again. And we can't, it's, it's not possible because that's, that whole thing, all the energy of that is part of the energy world, which exists beyond that. So the secret is, is to resist the forces that are pulling you down or that are pulling you up within your own, within your own mental world and stay in the center with the breath connected to that spiritual essence, which is pure love and light within you. And that's the practice. And that's how you integrate everything. That's how you integrate, integrate, integrate it all. And you start to pull in pure light into you, which doesn't require bits of information it to be, you know, broken down into bits of information. You can just absorb the soul can take pure light 
and that's what illumination that's what enlightenment is you become you become awakened you you, you can see things you understand things you, you can see what's going on and everything becomes you know quite simple so so we have to be careful and this this luciferian thing is, is has got so many so many people at the moment these extremely complex ideas and models and 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 then people think oh i have to you know learn this or or you know do this for x number of decades to become a, a master at it whereas really we just have to move through that center into into a connection with who we truly and eternally are and we can do that quite simply through the breath without even having a mental particularly mental process about it so that's what I feel is the most effective way to integrate everything when you're losing, when you're using non-linear strategies, you're not using the mind, you're not using the mind to do the integrate, integrative. Yeah, nice, nicely said, Nick. I think it, I think it does come back down to the, to the physical, to the body. You know, the body is the thing that integrates, is the field that, you know, the physical body, the field that integrates. <clears throat> and so you have all these subtle layers, you know, these these kind of higher spiritual layers, and then these, you know, these mental layer, the emotional layer, you know, the eth- eth- etheric layers, and then the physical itself. You get right down to the to the you know the material realm. <clears throat> Excuse me, and that's that's where that's the last place where things are kind of deeply integrated. And I think it's the, probably the challenge of our time in a way particularly in the, um, the sort of awakening communities around the world, is our challenge is to, to kind of bring the spiritual knowledge down into the earth plane and, and rather than kind of ascend up and kind of go out, is to bring it down and in and into the body, into our hands, into our hearts, into our relationships, into our families, into, you know, into the, all the places that we probably don't really want to be sometimes, you know, into the kind of, you know, the real, the real kind of grit of the earth. Um, cause that's where the, you know, the spiritualization of matter is the kind of, is, is what I'm talking about. This is the, this is what you've been talking about as well. You know, these two forces and, and um, it, it's really important to stay grounded and earthed and in the world. And, you know, many people who are kind of on spiritual paths, you know, make that mistake in a way. And it's probably a, it, it probably is a phase for many people, although some people do sit there for some time, um, is to be kind of what I guess what ordinary people call real you know when i say ordinary people you know what i mean like to be real you know to be able to communicate with a regular human being and 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 to be able to you know to be with people you know because some, sometimes a spiritual path can alienate you it can isolate you from others and and that's not a kind of healthy spiritual path for me a healthy spiritual path is found in life you know, and uh, we haven't perhaps had so many role models because many of our teachers and masters are, uh, are don't live that kind of life. They've lived sort of sadhu lives or lives up there where they're kind of in the ashrams or, you know, on the mountain tops, and we kind of pray at their feet and things. But the really good role models, I think, are the ones that really live in the world and kind mm-hmm. of 
play in the theatre of the world and kind of take risks in that and are, are, are less easy to define and kind of um, humbler, perhaps, in some way, more human. And, um, yeah, I think that's that's the most important thing is never to lose our humanity, never to lose that kind of touch of you know i mean we can we can get so into like i've got to eat pure foods i've got to, everything's got to be just like i've got to go on this ascension path and and then we kind of we miss we sort of sometimes miss the point you know like there there's beautiful things in this world and we you know that can you know once you've kind of caught some of that light bring it back down to earth and share it with others, but share it kind of with them as a human being, you know, as a normal human, as a regular person. Mm. Um, there's such a, such a treasure in that as a teaching, I think. Um, and I do think it is a, you know, that's part, that's, that is our integration is to, mm. is to be humans. Um, and we can be divine as well, but you know, to be a divine human is to, is to bring it down to earth you know, and, and, and to live it in a family and to do as other people do, you know, and I say, I don't mean like, I mean, go to the f- movies and eat in restaurants and, you know, you know, just not all the time, but necessarily there's no kind of rules, but just to be able to connect mm-hmm. with regular people right? You know, so that, so that they don't, you don't alienate, alienate yourself. Mm. That's such an important thing. Yeah, I, I think, um, Richard, I think that's a very, very important point to all of this because I know in my own experience, I've gone through a lot of those phases and not not having a roadmap, not having a disclaimer about it. So I've had to kind of navigate it without actually understanding the phase or the cycle and um, and having to learn about it um, through more through retrospect and um, one of the things that did occur is that alienation and that isolation and that that identity crisis and, and really like, oh my God, like what am I going to do in the world? Who am I? Why am I even here? I can't even talk to like regular people, but I'm a public speaker and I'm a teacher and I'm a coach and, and this is what I'm here to do. And yet I'm having a communication barrier and a judgmental barrier between my own judgments and other people that in the Harry Potter language we might call muggles which I find quite amusing Um, or, you know, whatever these subtle judgments might be that create division um, in noticing that within myself, the more spiritual I became, the more judgmental I became at the same time. And then I had to learn about discern the difference between discernment and judgment and being more discerning without being judgmental. Yes. Perfect. Beautiful. Absolutely agree with that. Mm. Well, well, what a what an incredible! This has been a fit, it's been literally two hours. I'm looking at the clock. We have hit the two hour mark, um, gentlemen. This has been absolutely incredible. Um, to conclude, I would like to just um, get both of your um, your references for the Gene Keys and also for you, Nick. Your work in the Ultimate Focus Program, in particular. I know we didn't get to go into that. Maybe we can take a minute or two for you to actually share that with people because you gifted that to Nick me. Good, Nick, good, Nick Good Transformations, mate. Nick Good Transformations. Nick Good Transformations dot com. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. And, and if anyone's been listening to what we've just been saying, it's all about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. 
Beautiful. Awesome. And then uh, Richard, where can they find the Gene Keys and and any other references you want to share? Yeah, just genekeys.com. That'll do it, you know, and you can get my book on Amazon. So, you know, just put in Gene Keys and you'll find it there. Okay. And the other books as well. And then your contemplation book that comes out in January, is that available for pre-order? Um. Not yet, but it, it'll be in it'll be on Amazon in January, early January, okay. I hope. Okay, fantastic. Um, let's all get ourselves copies of that and, and go yeah. to both of these gentlemen's resources. I have steeped myself in both of their work, and I get to be the participatory fly on the wall in this conversation. It's been an honor. Thank you so much to both of you. And um, yeah, it's just been an honor. Thank you, Ronnie. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for bringing us yeah. together. Lessons. Love you guys. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for, for, for bearing with us. Wonderful. I hope you enjoyed this fascinating episode of the Holistic Health and Human Potential show. Before you head off, I want to invite you to go to my website for further podcast episodes and tons of free content on holistic health, natural nutrition, and human potential. Please go to www.ronnylandis.net to find out how to take your health and your life to the next level. And also, I want to encourage you to leave a five-star review for this podcast on our iTunes page, which will help me in my mission to get these inspiring messages to millions of people throughout the world. I thank you so much for your support, and I look forward to continuing to provide amazing conversations and content on holistic health and human potential.